Hello and welcome to Tucson Bitcoin Podcast. Today I have on three separate guests and we did a live stream to talk about Bitcoin year in review. Uh, first guest I have is my buddy Freddy Vasquez, who is a local musician and guitar instructor. And he's just getting into Bitcoin. He's what I would call a new coiner as he's just dipping his toes into the water, testing it out, seeing if uh, Bitcoin really has a lot to offer him. And, and he... I brought him on because he has some really good and thoughtful questions that I think are really relevant to people that are newer in the space. I also have on Chris Porter, who's been a longtime person in the local Tucson Bitcoin space. Uh, he just has such a good knowledge of um, the space as a whole, and uh, you know, it was added a lot to the conversation. And the last guest I have on is Stephen Cole who is an investor in the space, investing in companies like Swan Bitcoin. He was also really instrumental in starting the Bitcoin meetup out in Orange County. And he just recently moved to Phoenix. Uh, so really excited to have a guy like him in Arizona with what he can offer to local community and offering Bitcoin education. But yeah, anyways, we went for almost two hours. It was a really fun conversation. I could have done this uh, for longer and uh, yeah, really grateful for these guys coming on. So I hope you enjoy this conversation. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really excited about this. I've been looking forward to this for this conversation for a while. Um, like I got into Bitcoin, and uh, you know, I kind of had a little bit of a libertarian uh, uh, personality, I guess I would say. I wouldn't say I was quite there yet because I grew up in. Um, just north of Chicago, which was like super lefty. Um, and then coming down to Arizona, it was like a breath of fresh air. Um, and then, uh, but yeah, I mean, started listening to the Bitcoin podcast in like 2018 or so. And I was like, wow, like we can actually do something about these issues. And they read Safe Dean's book and, and it's like, wow, you know, like everything's connected to money everything like the you know going driving down the streets and seeing poverty and you know i was working in social work at the time and seeing you know like rising addiction rates and stuff like that and uh um but yeah doing the podcast it's it's definitely been sustaining for my spirit this year because it's been pretty demoralizing i think without you know a sense of like purpose and meaning and i think bitcoin really offers that to me personally because it's like we can actually do something about these issues but but yeah um so yeah freddie's our pre-coiner on here to ask um some good questions he's on, i think you're on cash app buying a little bit of uh bitcoin here and there yeah um, yeah gonna i go i go in just like oh you know uh, instead of um I have some extra money, you know, just kind of put it in there and just see what happens and stuff. Um, you know, some of the some of the questions I, I you know, I, that Alex and I or I want to ask Alex and stuff is obviously I think it's just this um, trying to convince others is just it's just sort of I think a very basic question is just like what's how could I use it now? How could I use Bitcoin? What's the benefit now? It's like is it only a retirement plan or is it a okay? Could I use it by next month? Like, you know, you, 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 talk, you guys talk about, um, 
you know, like the benefits or how it could like help some of these issues is like, well, is it going to help these issues now or is it going to help the issues in 20 years from now? You know, it's a, so that's, I think that's sort of like a thing that I think it's harder for people to kind of get to, you know? Um, or is it just more just like a personal thing? Like you just really want to be not connected to the government, <laughs> you know, or something like that, and which is fine too. But it's just like, you know, if, 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 that's just one of my questions. And also I'm actually kind of asking myself like, okay, you know, how much should I jump in, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, happy to, uh, I, can, I can kind of try to jump in on that first. And I think there's a couple interesting things there. One is just like how different Bitcoin can be to every person, depending on where their, like their circumstance, where they live, what part of the world, um, their, you know, maybe financial system and access to financial infrastructure. So there are some people out there like in uh, Venezuela, there were a lot of interesting news stories um, over a year ago by now about how due to a lot of the corruption of the government and the collapse of the currency, it was difficult to even just pay for basic necessities and like pharmaceuticals for people who needed medicine right away. And there were some powerful stories about how people were using Bitcoin to pay for those transactions to buy things that they would not otherwise have been able to buy. And so I think there are some examples around the world of where, yes, like Bitcoin very tangibly is helping people in those types of payment use cases right now where they need that uncensorable or in some cases anonymous payment to a large extent. Um, but uh, a lot of other places, like obviously here in the US, that tends not to be as much of an issue. I think, um, I think generally in the US, the biggest use case for Bitcoin right now is savings. So when, you know, when people think about money, they think about paying for stuff. And I know this was me first, like when I first heard about Bitcoin, one of my questions was like, where can I use it? And when I said use it, what I meant was like, buy stuff with it. Cause I thought using money is going to, you know, at the cash register, you see the, the logos for like Visa, MasterCard, Venmo, whatever, PayPal. And that's just what money was to me. It's like dollars are what you pay for things with. And it took a while and some, you know, reading and, and the learning journey for me to realize that money is also savings, but that's just, it's, and it's even a bigger part of it, in my opinion, but it's something that isn't as obvious to us because you sort of take it for granted. Like when we all go to sleep tonight, we expect that tomorrow morning, the, the amount of money that we have in our accounts is going to be able to buy about the same amount <laughs> that it can today, right? Like the purchasing power isn't going to rapidly swing in one direction or the other. And, and so over time, the more appreciation I gained for like Bitcoin as not just a payment technology, but a savings technology, that was big for me. Um, because then I think when you zoom out and you look at the graphs of the Bitcoin price relative to dollars on a very long-term time frame, um, it's gone up like crazy. And the volatility scares some people away because there it is a roller coaster when you're zooming in. But if you go into it with a very like multi-year long-term time frame, um, then I think the attributes that Bitcoin has as money, it's scarcity, uh, you know, the fact that they can't print more Bitcoin, they're always printing more dollars. That has just over time so far had it not only hold its value, but like go up in value a lot. 
relative to dollars. So that I think is like the, the lowest common denominator good use case for Bitcoin right now worldwide. I'll go ahead and jump in here. Um, so I, I think stories really tell a picture of, of what's happening. So I remember um, maybe uh, last year, Laura Shin was at the uh, Oslo Freedom Forum and she was interviewing uh, someone. And so I don't remember their name right now, but they were talking about um, starting a business in Iran and that it was really difficult to pay the women in the business because the women weren't allowed to have bank accounts. And, um, and so she was talking to people in Silicon Valley talking like, hey, how can, you know, how can we solve this problem? Somebody's like, oh, that problem's already solved, Bitcoin. You know, they can just set up an account. You know, they can, you know, they have their, their uh, private key um, and uh, you can pay them. And so, you know, this entrepreneur in Iran that hired all women was uh, being able to pay their employees. One woman had to flee the country um, and either she memorized her seed words or she had a, a you know mobile a wallet on her mobile phone. Um, she was able to keep all of her, her funds with her. So in one word, I would say it's access. So it's access to your money. Like if I go to the bank and say, hey, I wanna withdraw $20,000, I've got to fill out forms that are going to, it's going to take three to five days. Like, like you can't just give me my money. And they're like, no, well, we've got government regulations and, uh, you know, anti-money laundering and, you know, know your customer, KYC, you know, all these things. Whereas, you know, Bitcoin, you know, you are in control and you've removed intermediaries um, from the, the access to your funds. So your money, you know, your Bitcoin is like in your full possession. Now that that can also be a bad thing because you're your own bank, like you could lose it and then, you know, you have to secure it. Um, but I think that's another, that's a point that maybe is less salient than, than the point you brought up, but I think it still matters. Um, you know, if, if you wanted to send money to somebody somewhere, so remittances, you know, uh, I don't even, I don't know all the figures. I think it could be up to 10%. Sometimes like it is just, um, it's a scam, in my opinion, how much uh, banks charge to, uh, to send money from one country to another. Uh, and, and Bitcoin solves this, you know. 100%. Yeah, I mean, I, I think like the biggest thing is uh, the biggest benefit for people. Like for me personally, I, um, the majority of people are just getting paid and they're not doing a whole lot with their money and they're spending it you know, on different things and they don't really own anything, you know, like they don't own their house. The bank does, they're just paying a mortgage. They don't own their car. They have it financed. They don't own their cell phone. Um, and you know, they buy all these things on credit cards and TVs. And so like the, what, what Bitcoin, Bitcoin gives you the ability to do is like own something for once, you know, because if you have the money in the bank, it's it, it's really not there yours, you know. And there's countless uh, examples of that happening throughout history of, um, you know, capital controls like like these guys were talking about in other countries where like, you know, there's a currency issue and now the government says you can only take two hundred dollars out of the bank and and that we've seen that happen so many times in in recent history in Venezuela, Lebanon. Um, you know, it's happened in Egypt. It's it, and you know, people hear this and they think that, oh, well, you're just using developing countries as examples. But um, you know, that that will never happen in the United States. But like, I mean, if you look at the Great Depression, 
people couldn't get their money out of the banks and it was super problematic for them. And you you now have a currency that you can hold and know that it's not going to be debased. Um, so there, there's a lot of like assurances that come with it. Um, but I think like the biggest thing is, you know, it's like if, if you're not making your money work for you, you're consistently getting poorer and poorer. And, you know, they say that inflation really isn't a thing um, and it doesn't exist. And I like to point, I had Ed Bitowski on the, on the podcast and he did the Chapwood Index. And like, we all know that's not true. You know, everybody knows that things are getting more expensive. Like, you know, school's getting more expensive. Um, uh, Jack Mallers just went on Fox Business last week to talk about how you can, uh, I'm not sure how it works. I signed up for it, but you can get your paychecks now in Bitcoin through um, Strike which is super cool. Um, and, uh, and he talked about like, you know, his dad going to college at Duke University for $9,000 and then putting his kid through college at 200 for $250,000. And like, you know, there's this like, th this inflation is, it, it's really uh, sinister in the way it works of, of just wiping out people's wealth slowly but surely. And, you know, we all want to own things. We want to own houses. We want to, you know, own cars. We want to, you know, you know, be able to live a decent life. And, you know, for people in Tucson, we have a lot of, uh, um, well, I, I want to say, we have the luxury of like a low cost of living, relatively speaking, compared to the rest of the country. So like, you can kind of get away with not being good with your money, but, um, it's going to be problematic over the long term. I mean, Kevin O'Leary was saying that over 100 million Americans don't have retirement savings, and it, it is all, um, it can all be boiled down to the way that the money works. And, you know, it just, it just offers you freedom, like Bitcoin offers you freedom. And I think it's a lot more than just like going on an app on Robinhood and investing in it. It's not even real Bitcoin anyways. Um, and like hoping that, you know, going on TikTok and watching people read, uh, um, gosh, astrology charts to try and predict Bitcoin. Like it's, you know, it, it's about freedom. It's, it's money. It's a savings technology. It's not, I, I don't see it as a speculative investment anymore. You know, it's my money. I try and stay out of fiat as much as possible because one, I, um, it sickens me to see, you know, what the money printer does, like the devastation it's causing on my community. Like I hate it. It just, and, and the way that banks are just so dirty and take advantage of people. And, you know, you get, you get 1% interest, maybe a little bit more in your savings account. And if you get a credit card, you get charged like 25% interest, you know, and, and, and it's that money that they're creating out of thin air too. They're, it's not, it's just such a garbage system and Bitcoin fixes that. So, I mean, I think it's, it's really empowering, you know, and it's empowering to know what money is. It's empowering to have a basic understanding of, um, of, uh, you know, monetary policy and economics and, and, to really like not be get, getting taken advantage of, of by the banking system. So, 
I'm pretty passionate about it for that reason. And I think that's how it benefits normal people in our community for sure. Yeah, uh, that, that resonates with me very much. And one of the things that you touched on there is something I'm particularly excited about with the paradigm shift of what is money of actually, you know, to a lot of people in the world right now, when they hear Bitcoin, Bitcoin is a super risky investment, or it's a tech investment, or it's a speculative investment, or they, they have it lumped into the same mental bucket as like, not even tech stocks, like something more risky than tech stocks. <laughs> but, but increasingly, you know, every day that Bitcoin goes on, and the rules of it don't change, and it just proves to continue to be reliable and maintain those properties, then, uh, then it becomes safer and safer. And so, you know, it's now a lot less crazy than it was even just two years ago or five years ago to say, Bitcoin is my money, Bitcoin is my cash. And that is, I think, finally seeing people view it that way. That's the mentality that I've tried to adopt as well. Like Bitcoin to me is my default. It is like when I receive money from any source, it is immediately going into Bitcoin. And then when I decide what to invest in, then I will, you know, invest in things. But like Bitcoin is my money and Bitcoin is my cash. And sometimes, annoyingly, I have to invest in US dollars to like pay bills and pay expenses. <laughs> um, but that I think like more people making that transition uh, is what I'm excited about. That's what I expect to see. It's what I hope to see. I think that'll be an awesome thing. And so the all we need in order to achieve that, in my opinion, is just for Bitcoin to, you know, continue to chug along and every day that it continues to exist a little more capital flows in more belief in it flows in it becomes more familiar and uh and eventually i think it can be bitcoin's game mm -hmm. i i think you bring up an interesting point that uh you know if, if someone's saying like well bitcoin is risky you also have to look at well fiat currency is risky also because it's it's tied to that government so if if you don't believe that that government is doing well fiscally or just with their fiscal policy or even just you know as an entity like are they going to be around um then you know the the, the risk-free rate of bonds isn't risk-free it's just tied to the that institution you know and so if someone you know i've been thinking about this you know idea of like how risky is this investment it's like well You've got to compare the risk of Bitcoin, which yes, there is, a, you know, what if there was a bug, you know, what, so I've been going through this analysis of like, what, what are the risks involved in Bitcoin? And then saying, okay, well, now if we've delineated those, now we have to compare it to the risks of fiat or to the risks of bonds or stocks or whatever we're talking about. You know, you can't just say, well, well, you know, the dollars are are risk free and bitcoin is you know like they they all have a risk profile so now what are, what are those attack vectors what are those problems that can come about so um yeah absolutely and the phrase risk free investment is such i feel allergic to that phrase you know it's i think it's so annoying when people use that term because nothing is risk free and i think when society gets too comfortable calling something risk free that is when it gets especially dangerous and people think that our monetary system is a lot older than it is. People think, you know, dollars have been around for, you know, 100 years. So, you know, clearly it's going to be around a long time. 
but the dollar in its current form has not been around very long. It's been around really since 1971, and that's not that long ago. Um, they changed the rules to how the dollar works significantly in 1971, and that is a very risky experiment. And uh, so, you know, holding all your money, it is possible to lose all of your money by holding all of your money in dollars. How likely that is, you know, everybody has to continue to evaluate constantly, but, um, but it's certainly possible and nothing's risk-free. Yeah, absolutely. And it's looking more likely uh, that we'll see some pretty serious inflation uh, with <laughs> what's happened in 2020. And, you know, even if we don't, like, even if we enter into, I think the long-term is going to be inflation, but um, even in the short term, like, you know, de deflation, stagflation, all these different, you know, things that are possible are equally as devastating to the monetary system. So it's good to, yeah, I like that a lot. Um, in the chat, got a uh, field day gets fit says, Steven has sucked me into Bitcoin. I love hearing people talk about the future. So, uh, yeah, dude, what's up? I, uh, I will give a shout out. Yeah, I guess I'll use your real name, Ricky. What's up, man? <laughs> Glad you're on. Got some good, good, uh, good Bitcoiners tuning in. Yeah. I mean, it's exciting to have you, uh, join us in Arizona. I had, uh, been talking with, uh, Brian out in, uh, Orange County and he said you were pretty instrumental in setting up the Bitcoin meeting meet up out there so it's good to have it I, I think phoenix has a pretty strong uh bitcoin community um chris you've been a little bit more active or active in the bitcoin community in tucson for longer than i have i just recently started getting vocal and out there but um can you talk about it a little bit like what what's the arizona bitcoin scene look like so yeah, I um, I was a co-lead of the, um, it was just like the blockchain meetup, so it wasn't Bitcoin specific. Um, and uh, my my friend was actually a developer with um, Unchained, not, yeah, Unchained Capital. Um, and so they provided uh, Bitcoin uh, loans um, and they were doing it non-custodial, uh, through non-custody. So they had uh, some solutions that would, um, yeah, like, Go into that but uh so we had like anywhere from 20 to 40 people uh coming uh all sorts of projects uh you know some steam people that were all fired up about their blogs making you know 20 dollars a post back in 2017 and then of course it you know all tanked it and they're like hey why you know you should create these 20 different accounts under different usernames and you too can like start making you know like it was basically a pyramid scheme in my opinion um but, uh, but yeah, there are some there are some really solid people here as well. Like my, you know, Destry uh, Saul was uh, working with uh, Unchained Capital. He's now left the blockchain space, um, and then um, yeah, just some other people that that were all fired up about uh, you know the the space. So but yeah, Phoenix, way bigger. Phoenix, <laughs> tons of people, but. For better and worse, because then you have more of these scam projects out there too. So, 
Yeah, a lot of stuff to sift through in some cases. Um, but yeah, I'm, uh, I'll be launching a meetup. So the group is already on meetup.com, um, but I haven't really broadcast it too widely yet. But um, the AZ Bitcoin Network and uh, going to start doing some events, hopefully in person, um, at least by February and just kind of build it up um, like, like uh, Brian and I, you know, got some good stuff going in Orange County when we were out there and there were there were a lot of blockchain meetups and crypto meetups but there wasn't anything that was just like really bitcoin focused and so that's what we were kind of going for in that and i'm gonna see if we can make something similar happen in uh in the greater phoenix area oh cool and nice. hoping to make it down to t i've never actually been through tucson before so hoping to swing down and hang with you guys one of these days it's way better than Phoenix, but yeah, I'll definitely, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just kidding. I'll, I'll, I'll nice. have to, yeah, I'll definitely. Oh, it, is. it totally is. You know, I, I, I grew up in Phoenix and I could now I, I, I'm in love with Tucson. So yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll definitely be driving up to Phoenix. Uh, let me know about that. And yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, hoping, to, I'm hoping to start one in Tucson as well. Um, it's, uh, yeah. I mean, as far as, uh, tech goes it seems like unless you're making missiles or airplanes in tucson there's not a whole lot of energy around it so i think that's a really good um opportunity uh to really get people into it um so i'm excited about that yeah i'm optimistic and then yeah if you guys do events in tucson keep me posted and i'll be down for sure mm -hmm. so i mean it's i, I had a pod um 2018 it was called block brothers with my my buddy paul that got me into crypto and we did a, a series of um three public talks at a co-working place here in town so for our first one we had about 25 people come out and it was just an intro to, to bitcoin um and then we covered you know kind of different projects out there and um so it was it was cool to see like even in tucson you know just a small amount of like marketing that we did got you know, back then people were, were interested and showed up to learn more. So, um, yeah, I think we could, uh, you know, we can build something here and, and also I'd be totally down to go up to Phoenix and, you know, see Love it. So, yeah. good yeah. stuff. It's hard. It's really hard to fight against NGU technology. <laughs> Number go up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that is one thing that I, I feel conflicted about in some ways because you're right, like the power of, and you know, for anybody listening or for any new coiners, um, there's this acronym NGU, which stands for number go up. And basically it's like, you know, a sort of smiling version of, uh, of just appreciation for when the price rises. Um, but it, it's funny because like number go up is such powerful marketing to your point. Like, I, I feel like I spend a lot of time onboarding people to Bitcoin and getting them, trying to spark their interest in Bitcoin. And sometimes what would take me thousands of hours to achieve, you know, number go up can do in a day. <laughs> so it's, it's hard to compete with the power of the price rising. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I, uh, like a good Bitcoiner, I got my family, some hardware wallets for Christmas and, you know, some, Last year, I got my stepdad the Bitcoin standard. This year, I got everybody, um, thank God for Bitcoin. It's a nice. book I've really been enjoying recently. But, uh, um, and I, th I think like last year, my stepdad, he, when I got, gave him the book, everybody kind of looked at me like, what are you doing? And then this year, you know, they're all excited about it. And, um, you know, even my mom, 
is into it now and is interested thanks to the the good old ngu but uh um yeah it's it's really interesting but yeah uh chris you kind of alluded to uh some scam projects so you know that it's gonna be a bunch we got we got to help freddie steer clear those scams um the way i did that or the way i like to do that personally is only sending them over to uh products like um swan bitcoin or cash app um yeah those guys at swan are the best um but uh uh like in 2018 when i got in i went on to coinbase and i'm just blasted with you know all these different products and we're watching the downfall of xrp happen pretty uh dramatically right now um but uh yeah i mean it's, it's pretty wild did you guys uh, get the chance to listen to um, Guy's recent Shitcoin Insider podcast by any chance? No, I, I like Guy Swan stuff, but I haven't listened to that one. Oh, it's a it's a great one. So like he uh, he got somebody on um, from the industry, and he was talking about how they do all this like bot spamming on Reddit uh, to pump these shit coins, and like how these products. Um, uh like the companies like launching these icos will like set price floors and like pretty much just pump and dump and it and it's it it's pretty wild (laughs) and you know i think like there's this thing that happens to people inevitably when they get onto these exchanges and they look at all these different coins and they see bitcoin trading at you know right now it's like twenty nine thousand, um and they're like man that's way too expensive like i should get this other Bitcoin or, you know, Ethereum or, you know, whatever, just, just based on the price alone without like knowing anything about the fundamentals. Um, And they go on YouTube and they see somebody, you know, throwing this technical jargon around like scalability and, you know, stuff like that. So like, what, what are some ways you guys like to steer people like poor Freddie over here away from the scams? (laughs) Yeah, let's see. Um, from my perspective, you're right. I mean, I think I have gravitated towards a certain set of tools and companies and solutions to point people toward that I feel like will uh, be responsible with their Bitcoin education. And Swan Bitcoin is very much in that, like full disclosure, I'm an investor in Swan, but, um, but they're what I use personally, um, all my family, my friends, I try to point them to Swan, um, largely because it's, you're right, like there is a very powerful incentive for these companies to try to kind of hijack someone's initial curiosity in Bitcoin in order to just fleece them on like fees and money to get them to buy these other coins and other products. Um, so I like companies that are Bitcoin only for, you know, sort of those, those principled reasons. Um, if uh, like, so I like Casa, I like Swan, um, Cash App is great. I try to avoid Coinbase. I think they're far more concerned with like pointing people towards these very sketchy shit coins and, uh, and getting paid every time that someone trades in and out of them. And I don't want people like, I don't want my mom to see these pop-ups all the time about like, oh, you know, maybe you should buy this coin. This other blockchain is, you know, pretty neat and just trying to convince her to go that route. 
Um, there, there's kind of a spectrum of quality for all of the altcoin projects, in my opinion, and they range from just utter blatant scams <laughs> all the way to, um, you know, some brilliant and well-intentioned people who are trying to accomplish useful stuff with technology. Um, but, uh, but regardless, like I so far haven't really seen any promise in any standalone blockchain coin other than Bitcoin. Like I think that the teams behind the coins that have been around a while, like Monero and Zcash, and in some cases even Ethereum, like I think there are a lot of genuinely good-hearted, smart people trying to build stuff there. But I don't think any of those projects are promising. I would never recommend anyone I care about put money into those things. Um, I think that some of the use cases that are being attempted on those other platforms, like some of the decentralized finance stuff that's happening and being tried on Ethereum, I see Ethereum as a test bed for, for things. It's like the easiest way for developers and entrepreneurs to try to build that stuff right now while Bitcoin settles. Like Bitcoin is, you know, just ossifying is kind of the word that I like for, you know, the, the base layer. And it's becoming this reliable, predictable foundation so that people can just know what it is and build on top of it. And then we can build on layers on top of Bitcoin rather than all of these like, you know, standalone blockchains. Um, like I don't see a future of all these different blockchains out there in the world and all these different tokens for every single use case. I see Bitcoin as the one way to kind of store value and then maybe protocols on top of Bitcoin, like Lightning, like Liquid, like RSK that are used for things like smart contracts that are used for things like share issuing shares of securities in publicly traded companies and things like that. Um, I don't know if I answered that. I guess as far as like the the tactic that I use to um, to prevent people from getting in, sucked into those projects, um, you know, I try to point them at the right solutions and the right companies. But at the same time, I also realized like I had to go and learn that the hard way. I bought ETH at one point in my life. I lost money trying to trade on other coins, and you know, trading sounds a lot easier than it is. And so I think to some extent, it's like you know, hopefully with only a small amount of money, people may just need to learn that empirically on their own. And then hopefully they'll kind of find their way to Bitcoin if they do. Yeah, definitely. So Freddie, I, I just want to ask you, like, is there a project that you've been curious about that you're like, oh, maybe, maybe this could uh, be the, the next Bitcoin killer? Uh, so just, yeah. Any Bitcoin killers? Uh, I I don't know because like again I I, I so one of the things is uh, uh, you know I, uh, like I, I, obviously I have my own kind of like you know occupation that doesn't necessarily kind of run through Bitcoin you know, it's still you know U.S. dollars you know I'm I I work for uh, you know public schools and all that stuff and so it's it's you know and then I, I I pay everything in U.S. dollars so it's sort of like I don't I know I don't do um, uh enough research and education and kind of to kind of really dive so much into it but you know talking to alex a little bit more and then you know one thing one thing that you know him and i actually you know talk a lot is like about just education and in terms of how to uh of, you know do i even even know how even us dollars even work you know and, and really it's like yeah i don't you know i took like one economics class uh and <laughs> in, in college but then, you know, then even then it's just like, that was way too late to even understand how money works, uh, you know, because you're expected by age 
18 or even 16 by getting a job then you get money and then that's it and so so with this is just like i i think um some of the biggest problems of of within myself convincing myself because it's just like uh you know i hear how much alex and also with you guys is just like you know how much uh i guess tech savvy and how much uh you know time and investment you guys put into learning this stuff but really it then is like well do i need to put that much time on top of my job <laughs> which like oh and then that's i think that's why it's so it's so appealing or the just the culture of it of of like yeah that's why we put our money in a bank because we want someone's full-time job to secure it and now i had to put i had to be that full-time person and then be the full-time person of whatever occupation you know and so so yeah you know of course you know having you know having this conversation so it's just like uh, yeah I, I i it's still i'm still slowly getting into it i'm still uh you know it, that's why it's kind of exciting that this guitar you know dealership you know is actually converting to bitcoin because now it's like wow something that's actually i can use and i like i got some bitcoin i could actually kind of dive into it um you know, and then I, I do see all these different types of cryptocurrency because it's just like, you know, it, I, I say Bitcoin now as in like the, the, the general term of cryptocurrency, but it's like, no, it's, it's it's a different thing, right? It's sort of like, you know, when somebody says, oh, pass me a Kleenex, it's like, they don't say, you know, tissue paper, <laughs> you know? Yep. Um, and so, yeah, so it's just like, well, I, I see all these different types of cryptocurrency. It's just like, why, why, what makes Bitcoin so much better? Is it just because it was just there longer? You know, it's like... Uh, and, and, and yeah, you know, I, I understand there's always this, this scam, you know, there's always that one person that just wants your money, you know, and it's, it's really easy to kind of get into it, but yeah, it's just like, I, I'm just kind of really curious of like, why, why Bitcoin and, you know, and really, is it just because you guys did all these tests that you, that you find out Bitcoin just has the right formula? So I'll, I'll just jump off. Uh, so I think for you know the the question that Alex asked was like um, you know how how do we help educate people like when they're um, you know they hear about uh, EOS so they hear about some big project that raised all this money in an ICO well and and what I hear also is there's a certain narrative behind it where they pick up on something like oh we're faster than Bitcoin in this way or we do it better than this Bitcoin this way and so. The, the narrative that I use is every other coin is a derivative of Bitcoin. Like they, Satoshi, you know, solved a few very unique problems. Like one of them was the dual spend problem of, of a digital asset, right? That it with, thanks to Bitcoin, we can have a unique digital asset that, you know, if I use my computer and I like take a screenshot of something, or if I, you know, right click and download a picture you know, from a website. Now I can use that because it's digital and we can have, you know, infinite amount of copies and, and there's no way to track what's original, right? And so Bitcoin, that's one of the, the unique things about Bitcoin that it solved um, was, was that double spend problem, the ability to like assign a specific asset that, that if I have one Bitcoin, I know that nobody else can spend that, that only I can use that. And so now there's a whole bunch of other areas, you know, so there's a piece of security in that. There's the net, the size of the network, um, you know, the the total volume of, uh, of money that's in that. Um, so we, we could go start going down a whole bunch of different paths. 
Um, you know, like if you were to try and invest in another project, there'd be slippage, you know, because you'd be buying up too much of the, the total market cap of that coin. And so Bitcoin's the biggest, so you have the least slippage there, you know, so that's another uh, benefit. But I, I think the, the core of it is every other project is a derivative. So if there's, if there's something that you really need to do right now today that Bitcoin can't do, like for instance, private transactions, sure, maybe you use Monero, maybe you use Zcash. Um, but uh, I think eventually Bitcoin will have all of those, any narrative of any other project, Bitcoin will likely have that, that same feature built into it. Um, we're just early. Like, so uh, there's a quote that I'm, I'm trying to remember, but technology only matters when the actual technology just fades in the background. Uh, and you just use it. So we don't think about how cell phones work and 5G and the electromagnetic spectrum. And, you know, we just use it. We just pick up the phone and we just dial, right? And so right now, I think because we're so early, it's easy to geek out, you know, it's easy for me to geek out on the technology and how cool something is. Um, and I've had projects where I totally, I read the white paper and I just fell in love, you know? And then that project kind of went away or faded and I realized, Bitcoin could do most of that, you know? So eventually most people, I don't think will care about like how, how big the block size is, how many transactions, they, they just care like, does it, is it secure? You know, can I, can I have my money? Do I get to keep, you know, am I a self-sovereign individual by owning this? As long as the answer is yes, you know, then we're good. Um, so that's my two cents. Yeah, and I think that's such a good point um, about, how the details become less important the more that society trusts something um and you know like like the first people to ever fly on airplanes were these engineers who had a deep mastery of physics of all of the physics involved and then the first few people to sign up as passengers on airplanes you know probably wanted to do a lot of research to understand like okay uh i'm gonna be on this tube hurling through the sky like you know what's what's really going on here um but now most of us don't really know it's like of course i i don't know the physics of how airplanes work in any kind of depth but i know that so many people use them that it's fine and i think that's ultimately where it's going with bitcoin is like right now it's this new foreign weird sounding thing therefore everyone wants to know oh you know they're limited how are they limited what's the blockchain what's mining what's proof of work nobody is gonna care about that eventually i mean some like some big parts of society will like the the money experts the bitcoin experts but most people it will be of course bitcoin's limited like of course you know you can control your own bitcoin like just of course that's just how the world works that's how our money works and i i think just yeah the more adoption that it gets the closer day by day we get to to that new place um and then another part of the uh incentives that i don't like in other projects are there's often a small team that can either change the rules of the project or that stand to profit a lot from convincing people to buy into the project and so uh, I'll never forget, like I grew up in a small town in Missouri and I try to, you know, some of my best friends in the world still live there and I try to go back every summer and hang out with them. And I went, there's like one bar in the town and I, you know, went to the one bar in this like eight, like 8,000 person town, uh, maybe four years ago. And 
I remember two guys came up to the table that my friends and I were at at one point and they were like, hey, have you guys heard of this cryptocurrency called Dash? And we're like, what? And, and I was, you know, kind of a Bitcoiner at the time. And so I was like, what in the world? Why are these guys coming over here shilling Dash like some random altcoin to us? And it turns out, you know, like I drank a few beers with him and got to know him. And he's like, yeah, I actually get paid like Dash. The company has a huge marketing budget and they pay me to like drive around the country and just go places and try to convince people to buy Dash. And, and that really opened my eyes to like, these other coins are controlled. They have marketing teams, they have employees, they have budgets and they have payrolls and they have all of that stuff. Um, Bitcoin doesn't. Bitcoin doesn't have a marketing department. And so the fact that it is still number one and that that lead is only growing and that people believe in it and like, you know, go and share knowledge and try to like uh, evangelize it without getting paid for it directly um, is huge. I think that really speaks volumes and is kind of an underappreciated advantage of it. Kind of, kind of defeats the purpose of they have a marketing team and all this stuff that it makes it centralized, right? <laughs> totally. And, and you'll often <laughs> like, see this. Uh, yeah, yeah. And you'll see this unfortunate trend too, where people with social influence, like celebrities or athletes, um, will get curious about Bitcoin. And then oftentimes these other projects that have big marketing budgets to blow will swoop in and quietly be like, hey, buddy, uh, I saw you ask about Bitcoin, but if you're willing to promote Litecoin, then we'll pay you a million dollars. And then suddenly that athlete likes Litecoin a lot. Um, so like that had like Rory McDonald, the UFC fighter was a perfect example of that. <laughs> um, so the Litecoin team got in and like convinced him to uh, say nice things about Litecoin because they pay him money. And uh, at least that's what I think occurred. And so there's just that perverse incentive, I think, out there. And uh, and Bitcoin is a lot more pure in that sense. Yeah, that's 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 one thing I'm always kind of you know cares about because it's uh, it, I, I don't know. Again, it's probably just a cultural thing. It's just like you know we're always skeptical of like where we're gonna put our money and how who who's benefiting, right? It's like how how what percentage of my time. Is, is, is benefiting opposed to like what you're benefiting. So it's, so it's like in, in terms of converting to Bitcoin, it's just like uh, who benefits, uh, you know, besides a person convert, you know, investing into Bitcoin when a person invests into Bitcoin? Is there someone be like, cool, I got another one. You know, it's like, is that, is that, is that, is that a thing? You know, and that's, that's kind of, kind of occurs into my mind. It's just like, like when, when you guys educate uh, people about like Bitcoin and yeah, you know, and then kind of get them going. It's like, does your Bitcoin get higher? You know, <laughs> like, I, so I, is that even, is that Bitcoin's coolest part? Is like, nobody really benefits besides the person investing? Or is there actually someone benefiting when they invest into your Bitcoin? Yeah, I think uh, that that's a great question. And, and one of the beautiful aspects of Bitcoin is, you know, it, there is that like you can really do this altruistically um, and and genuinely and still benefit from it. So, you know, a lot of times uh, people point to, you know, this concept of network effect and they talk about cell phones. If, you know, you're the only person who has a cell phone, it doesn't really benefit you. So, it, you know, the way, the way it benefits you is getting more people using the cell phone so that you can interact with them. So it, it is beneficial to me to have you using Bitcoin so I can use Bitcoin with you and to have the stores using Bitcoin or accepting Bitcoin to have 
uh, employers paying me in Bitcoin, you know, and, and the network growing stronger and, you know, building on top of it, um, you know, using services like Lightning or whatever, it, it is beneficial to me 100%. And the more people that get into it, it, of course, you know, it'll grow more scarce and the price will inevitably grow. Um, but that doesn't change, you know, the benefits that you can have from it as far as like the financial um, freedom that comes with it, the, you know, self-sovereignty, all of those other things. So 